This week's parsha is Parsha's Lech Lecha. There's a fascinating, very mysterious, cryptic Masechah Seifrim. One of the Masechah's Ketanis in the back of Masechah's Abedah Zara is Masechah Seifrim. And there in Parakhaf Aleph, it says as follows. Ha'adam ha'gadol ba'anakim. It's a Lashon of a Pasuk in Yeshua. Ha'adam ha'gadol ba'anakim. The man who was great amongst giants. If you have giants, this would be a man that's greater than all of the giants. Who is that? Who is the Pasuk alluding to? Zavram Avinu. This is Avram Avinu. Shaya Gaiva Kaimasai Kinegit Shivim Anashim. His height was the equivalent of 74 men. Vachilasai Ushtiyasai Kachaya Kinegit Shivim Anashim. And his daily consumption of food and drink was likewise the amount of 74 men. So if you would have 74 men in a room and they would all be eating a certain amount of achila and shtia, Avram Avino would be able to eat all of that. All of the achila and shtia of 74 men, that was Avram Avino. He was the Adam HaGadol Ba'anakim. So great was Avram Avinu that he was able to put away so much food. 74 men's daily diet was the diet of Avram Avinu. And obviously when you learn such a chazal, it's Aymer Darshani. What does that mean, Avram Avinu? was Mamish a giant, he was physically the, the height of 74 people and he had the ability to eat that much food, it can't be taken at face value. Comes along the Gain, the Vilna Gain, and he says as follows, there's a Pasuk in Mishpatim, Vayal, Moshe, V'yarayn, Nadav, Abiyo, V'shivim, Mizikne Yisrael, Moshe, Aaron, Nadav, and Aviyu, plus the 70 Zikne Yisrael, they were standing by Matan Taira, Vayechazu Asalekim, Vayechlu Vayishtu. They saw the Rabbinah Shreilam, Kaviyachal, Vayechlu Vayishtu, and they ate and they drank. And there's a Gemara in Mesechah's Brachas to explain what this means, that these Zikanim, Meisha, Aaron, Nadav, and Avio, Veshiv, Mizikna, Yisrael, they saw the Rabbeinu Shleilam on Harsinai, Vayaychlu, Vayishtu, and they ate and they drank. What does that mean? Does it mean that they literally ate and drank? So there's a Gemara in Brachas and Nafyud Zayin and Aleph. Margala It was a custom, this memra, this. The following statement of Rab was always on his tongue. He always used to say this. This world is not like the next world. If you were to take a, a poll or to ask people, what do you conceive? What do you believe that Eilam Abba looks like? Imagine, just use your imagination. Describe for me what does Eilam Abba look like. You're working your whole life to hopefully get an entrance into Eilam Abba. What is Eilam Abba? What does it look like? I think the average man on the street, Jew and non-Jew alike, would basically say it looks somewhat like Aruba, Puerto Rico, and Acapulco all together. That's basically the illusion, the 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 conception of Elam Abba is a place that's paradise. It's a, it's a wonderful place with palm trees and balmy weather and sand and, and, and blue seas where you can do whatever you want and uh, eat whatever you want. And uh, it's just a pleasuresome place that you can do and, and taste and experience anything that you, that you long for in this world but you were not able to. Elam Abba is your place. 
And the Gemara says, and I hope this doesn't disappoint anybody, but Eilam Haba is not like Eilam Hazat. Eilam Haba ain't by Le'achir Le'shtia. If you're expecting an Eilam Haba for there to be pizza and falafel and, uh, and, and fries and burgers and milkshakes and uh, forget it. There's no Achil and Shtia in Eilam Haba. For like period of Arivia, there's no period of Arivia in Eilam Haba either. If you're a type that likes to do business and to, uh, you know, make a lot of money, billions and trillions of dollars, there's no maso matan in Eilam Haba either. I guess if you were hoping, if you were a Bamachlekes, and that's how you get your enjoyment with having a lot of jealousy and competition, and some people, that's what they live for, if you were on your own without anybody else, it wouldn't be a fun life because you like competing against it. There's no, none of that either. So what is Eilam Haba? We basically ruled out all the fun parts of Eilam We enjoy Yachilon Shia and all of the types of Eilam that that we're, everybody is thinking about and, and, and running after and spending their life uh, anticipating. None of that exists in Eilam Haba. So what is Eilam Abba then? Eilam Abba is very simply, Rab used to say, Sadikim Yeshvin, Sadikim righteous people, they sit there, they have a, a crown on their head, some halo, spiritual crown on their head. Vinanem Yizivashkina. And all you do all day in Eilam Haba is bask in the most pleasuresome rays of the Shechina. You're sitting in the proximity of the Rabbeinu Shleilam and there's nothing more pleasureful and pleasuresome than that. Where do you know this from? Where does Rav get this from? Shenemar. He cites the passage that we just said, Vayechazu Esalikim, Vayechlu Vayishtu. Those 74 Gedalim, they saw HaKadosh Baruch Hu Vayechlu Vayishtu and they ate and they drank. So Rashi explains, Savu Mizev HaShchina Ki Ilu Achlu V'Shasu Nadav, Avio, Maisha, Aaron, Shemizek Neisal, they weren't eating their lunch as they were seeing the Rabbi Yishlaylam. What were they doing? What does it mean by Yechlu Vayishtu they were so sated, they were so satiated by the experience of being in the presence of the Shekhinah that it was so they were full, they didn't need to be busy with eating and drinking because they were so satisfied by the pleasure of being in the presence of the Shekhinah that that was enough for them, that was all they needed. And that's the Pshat how Rav used to understand Eilam Haba. Eilam Haba is not a place that there's Achila and Shtia, but don't worry, you're not going to need it because you're going to have such a Geshmach from being in the presence of the Shekhinah, it's going to be the most amazing experience, ecstasy, being near the Rabbeinu Shalom, that you're not going to even think about all the, the Gashmias that we have down here, Achila and Shtia, Peribiribia, Matomatan, all that, that's nice down here because we don't have, it's a distraction, it's a, it's a subterfuge of what we, what we really want, which is getting close to the Rabbanishram. And Eilam Haba, when we actually have that proximity, we're not going to need any of that stuff. There, there is no need to substitute the superficial pleasures of Eilam Haza and Eilam Haba and Eilam Haba, you get the real thing. You get a high dose of constant pleasure that a person can't fathom. But that's by Yechlu Bayishtu. The eating and drinking is not a physical form of eating and drinking. It's a spiritual eating and drinking. It's a spiritual sphere that you just feel satisfied. Zok the Grah. That's the Pshad, I believe, in what the Mesechah Sefer meant when it says that Abraham Avinu was so great that he, his eating and his drinking was keneged shivim ba'arbozikainim. He ate the diet, the intake of 74 people. Abraham Avinu did that. You know what that means? 
just like 74, G'dayle Yisrael by Mantera. Who were they? Moshe, Aaron, Nadav, Avir, Shem, Zikne Yisrael. Vayyechu, Vayishtu, Vayyechazu, Esalikim. They saw the Rebbeinu Shalom and they ate. They were full. Those 74 Zikanim. Of that experience of being close to Rebbeinu Shalom, Avram Avinu equaled that experience. All 74 Zikanim's Hanav, Achilan, Shi, Avram Avinu himself was able to experience all on his own. That's how great the Milo, the Madrig of Avram Avinu was. That's how great his Hashras Hashchina around him was. That he was able to have that experience of Achilan, Shkia, not physical. Chasmashalom, Avram Avinu should, should, should be put into a category of somebody that can eat that much food physically? No. The spiritual food that the Shivan, the Arbas, the Canaan were able to experience at Mantaira, Avram Avinu experienced that himself. That's the greatness of Avram Avinu's Eilam Haza. His Eilam Haza was so Eilam Habadith. You know, the Dafyaimi now is learning Parakhelech, and in Parakhelech, we're taught right at the beginning, and that's why it's called Chelek. Call Yisrael Yeshlam Chelek Leilam Haba. Every single Jew has a place in Eilam Haba. You have a Chelek Leilam Haba. That doesn't mean you're going to necessarily get Eilam Haba, by the way. It just means because the Mishnah continues to say the people that did not get Eilam Haba, that blew it. But you start off life with a Chelek in Eilam Haba. Everybody has a place destined for them in the world to come. Every Jew. Whether we get it or not, that's up to us. I remember when I first started um, college, so the, uh, dean, the dean came in and said to us, on the first day of school, made a big ration. He said, everybody, I want everybody to know something. Don't come to me later and say, you know, why is my GPA this and why is my GPA that? He says, everybody starts off college with a 4.0 index. You start, it's not like you start off with a zero and you have to climb your way up to a 4.0. You all have a perfect index. Today you have a perfect 4.0 index. Do you, are you going to graduate with that 4.0 index? Maybe. If you don't, it's not our fault. If you don't graduate, you end up with a 3.7 or a 3.3 or a 2.9. That's because you blew it. But don't blame me for it. You all start perfect. You're mazel tov, you're all 4.0 students at the beginning of college. And that's how Eilam Haza is also. You start Eilam Haza with a 4.0 index. Your GPA is absolutely perfect. Call Yisrael Yeshem Chelem You have a Chelem, you're 4.0, you're perfect. You're Tzadik Amr. How we live our life, that's up to us. Don't blame that on the Rebbeinah If we blow it and we're not doing the right things or we're, and we're doing the wrong things in life, then we're going to, our GPA gets lower and lower and then we don't know. All bets are off. But we all have a chelik on haba. There are other chazam that don't use this lashon of having a chelik on haba. They use a lashon of ben on haba. I'll give you one example, but there are many. There is a gemara in Mesechas Brachas that says Ezel ben Eilam haba. Who is a ben Eilam haba? Zasaymech gurul tefila. If every day by davening we say Gal Yisrael, and then we immediately say Shmaina Esrei, Smichas Gula Latfila, very, very important element of Tfila. If we do that, we are Ben Eilam Abba. We can, we can consider ourselves to be B'nai Eilam Abba. Now, what does that mean, Ben Eilam Abba? I thought I have a Ben Eilam Abba anyway. What does it mean that I'm a Ben Eilam Abba? So, I've seen it said in Svarim that. A ben Eilam Haba is different than having a Chelek and Haba. Everybody has a Chelek and Haba. A ben Eilam Haba means that I am a citizen of Eilam Haba in this world. In Eilam Hazer, I'm living as a ben Eilam Haba. Ezel ben Eilam Who's a ben Eilam Haba? Who's a citizen of the world to come in this world? If you have all the Kabbalahs of what you're supposed to be experiencing as you bridge the divide between Gal Yisrael and Shemayin Esrei, Ayin 
Tamidir Benayinah to Brachas on that sugi, he gives three different, very important uh, kavanas in why you have to be Semakul at Silam. If you have all those kavanas, then you are a Ben Elamahaba in this world. You have experienced fully what Elamahaba is all about. Maybe not fully, but you have experienced a taste of Elamahaba in this world. You're a citizen of Elamahaba in this world. We find this in the world as in the in the Gaiisha world, in the in the world around us, there is a similar concept. You don't have to be in a country to be in a country. If, for example, you know, let's say my uh, my parents are uh, you know in uh, in in France, and I'm about to be born, and they can't uh, you know they can't get back to America in time, but they very much want me to be a U.S. citizen. If they would, let's say, theoretically run to the U.S. Embassy and have me there, deliver me there, I'm a U.S. citizen. I'm a U.S. citizen. Not only am I a U.S. citizen, I'm a native U.S. citizen. I could run for president of the United States, and I'm legal because I was born on the United States soil. What do you mean? But I was born in France. No, you were born in an embassy, and embassy has a din of that country that you are, that you come from. The country's embassy, you have a din on that country, in that, in that, on the soil of that embassy, you're Mamashkil, you're in the United States of America. For all dinim. And that's what it's like with Ilam Haza, Ilam Haba. You could be in this world, in Ilam Haza, but you're a Ben Ilam Haba. You are a citizen if you do certain things, if you understand certain things, if you act in a certain way, your life becomes a citizenship of Ayol Ma'aba. You can't carry around a special passport that says that I'm a Ben Ayol Ma'aba. I'm a dual citizenship. I'm a U.S. citizen, and I'm also a citizen of Ayol Ma'aba. Because my life is one that I'm experiencing what Ayol Ma'aba is all about in this world. If you look in the Mesos Yisharim, at the beginning of this great Sefer, this is a Sefer that you have to learn. Mesos Yisharim is one of those classic Sefer, classic is like an overused term. It's a must, it's must read Tyra. And the main principle at the beginning of the Mesos Yisharim is basically something that you need to know to be a Jew, to be alive. If you don't know this, then you have uh, your parents should demand all the all the tuition from the, from the yeshiva system that they back because you didn't get anything from your yeshiva experience if you don't know this Rampal. Rampal is basic. It's like Mamish Judaism 101. If I was teaching a, a class of Bali Chuba about Yiddishkeit, a crash course, it would be just this Rampal. What does the Rampal say? The Rampal asks a very important question. Why are we here? What are we doing in this world? And you know what he says? What we're doing in this world is that the Rabbi is a maker. The Rabbi wants to bestow nothing but good on us. Don't ever say, the Rabbi hates me, he's angry, he's this, he's that, he just wants to mess me up. The Rabbi loves each and every one of us and he only wants to do is do good. If you ever have like a friend or a parent or an uncle that like just constantly gives you good and good and good, that's what the Rabbi Nishram is times a trillion. He just wants to do good for you, believe it or not. And the main hataba, where could he give you the most good, the most pleasure, is Ailam Haba. The Makrim Ha'idon Ha'amiti, as he puts it, the main pleasure that the Rabbi Nishram gives us, the place for that pleasure is not this world, not planet Earth. It's Ailam Haba. Because there, like we just discussed, the Ashras Hashchina is so intense that that is the greatest of pleasures that a human being can experience, being in the proximity of the Rabbani Shalom. We don't understand this, but that's the eating and the drinking that we all love to do in this world. In Ayam Haba, the eating and drinking is so, it pales in comparison to the real eating and drinking, which is getting Hana from the Zivashchina. Okay, so if the Rabbani Shalom is a mativ, and the Rabbani Shalom wants to give me that amazing pleasure, 
So let him give it to me. Why does he have to send me down to this crazy world for? And he says that it's true. HaKadosh Baruch Hu could give us that amazing pleasure, but it wouldn't be the same. It would not be the same. The Rabbi has to make us earn that pleasure in order for it really to be an amazing, amazing experience. I remember when I was a kid, I think I was in fifth or sixth grade, and I got a summer job working at a local camp. Now, most kids should be in camp, I guess, as, as campers, but for some, I didn't want to do that. I wanted to make some money, and uh, so I think I was in sixth grade, and there was a local camp where I lived, day camp, and I, uh, and I, I asked them if there's a job available for me. So said, yeah, there's a job. Um, you'll be a, uh, a waiter. I said, okay, sounds good. What do you have to do? Well, okay, you have to wake up very early in the morning. You have to come to, uh, to the camp and in the cafeteria. There's a, you take a mop and, uh, you know, and hot water with, with soap in it, and you, uh, you have to mop the entire huge cafeteria. I don't know where the other waiters were, but, you know, Bamberger was the waiter, and he has to map up the whole cafeteria. That's a huge cafeteria full of petal, you know, the, the, the bug juice that's sticky and disgusting. Every morning for two months, I had to take this mop in hand and I had to mop up this whole floor with sticky, disgusting petal. I can't drink it to this day. And, uh, and, and that was the first thing. And then you have to go and you have to bring these bratty kids, you know, fish sticks, and they want ketchup with the fish sticks, and they squirt the ketchup at you with the fish sticks, and they, in the breakfast in the morning, and the afternoon, the lunch, and the spaghetti, and the meatballs, and every day, for two months, I was going through this crazy, hard, avaydas parah. And at the end of those two months, I go into the office to get paid. And I, um, you know, and he says, okay. He goes and he writes me out a check. The executive director say thank you. And I look at it, $86. Now, my kids get $86 just for having a pulse every week. That's like their allowance. Like just like you know, if they're alive, they get $86. They don't even know what it's like to, you know, to really schwitz and to do some of it. But I'll tell you something. The $86 that they get for nothing does not compare in a million years to that check that I got for $86. Because I worked so hard to make that $86 that you couldn't, you know, that check was like, you know, was like gold for me. Because you worked so hard and you got something for it, there's nothing like it in the world. I came home, I was so proud, I showed my father... Oh, Bashalom, that check for $86 says, okay, $8.60, nicer. I said, what? It's like three weeks of work. Nicer, $8.60 right now. So, that is, uh, that's sort of what Eilam Haza is like. Eilam Haza says Ramchal is a place you're going to work like crazy in Eilam Haza. There's going to be Nisiyanis up to the wazoo. You're not going to believe how hard it is the Yitzharis that we go through, the challenges, the sickness, the financial stress, the Agmas Nefesh, the Tzagid Obonim, the Shalom Bayis issues. I mean, Laman Hashem, a person goes through this life with so many obstacles on this rocky road of life. For what? Zakhtar Amchal, you're going to go with all of the things that you accomplish in this world, the mitzvahs, the Torah, the Tzfilah, the Sur Meiradi, Asei those are going to be the points that you've earned. <coughs> One day at a time on this journey of life, and then you're going to come up to Elam Haba, and you're going to really, really appreciate it. You're going to appreciate the Ashras Hashchina, the Ziv Hashchina, the Tzadikim Yeshim, Atreseim Barashayim, the Hanah. You're going to appreciate that because you earned it. But then the Ramchal says something else, and I think people gloss over this part of the Ramchal, where he says that, that you're going to appreciate in this world, 
that the shlemus, the fulfillment that you get in this world, really will hinge on those very mitzvahs that you're doing to get points to earn Eilam Haba, in this world, that's the only shlemus that you'll really have, and you'll realize that everything else was Hebel. The whole Eilam Haza that everybody's running after was Shtusim Mahavolim. The only bright spots of Eilam Haza is when you really are able to get close to Rabbi Nishraelim. This is, this is Mamish all of life. If you chop what we just said, if I chop what we just said, then we have our whole life already done. We, 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 we succeeded already. I remember when I was a, your age, I love saying that. When I was your age, um, me and a few friends of ours, of mine, we went on a seed program. The seed program is like a, a Kira program. You're supposed to go out of town in the summer and be Makari people. So two summers, I went with my friends to California. We didn't, we're not stupid. We didn't choose like Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. We wanted to go like the, you know, if we're going to go somewhere, we're going to go somewhere, somewhere with Kishma. Not that Harrisburg is not Kishma. I'm going to get like hate mail now from Harrisburg. Um, and so we went to Los Angeles. And we, you know, really, we were Kishmaka guys. We were like, you know, young. And, and we, of course, we wanted to do Kirov also, right? And, but... You know, we were there, like, the first thing we asked, after, like, okay, where are the people doing Makarev? And they, you know, they said, okay, and, and what are the main things to do in California? California is the spitz of Eilamaza, right? There's no greater place than California. And the, in the Eilamadimian, there's no greater place than California, right? California is it. That's the place to go. Los Angeles, Hollywood, stars, celebrities, that's it. So they said, well, you know, do you like roller coasters? I said, no. I don't like roller coasters. I get sick on roller coasters. Oh, then there's really nothing to do here. You can go, you know, we would have said to go to, to Disneyland or to Universal, whatever. There's nothing. It's not. So I said, wait a minute. There's nothing to do in California. No, it's all, it's very boring here. The place closes up at like 9 o'clock at night. It's true. It's like really, you know, it was so, it was such an eye opening experience that there's really, in this world, there is nothing to do. There is nothing to do. Chalamayid. How many of you ever, you know, okay, Cholomayid, we're off, we're going to do a geschmack. Is there anywhere to go that's normal on Cholomayid? Tell me. I, I need to know. There's nothing to do that's normal. So you have to run to Hershey Park, and you have to run to this place and that place, and, you know, the kids have a horrible time, you have a horrible time, you spend the fortune, there's nothing there. You know what's geschmack, and I, I don't mean this because I'm Mashiach, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you because I really feel it's Emmis. The only Kishmaka thing you do Chalamayit is you open up a safer and you learn. <laughs> All the things that you're running to and you're jumping to and you're this and you're that and you're, the expectations are so high and it always falls really disappointingly short of what you thought it was going to be. There's only one thing that's, that always beats the expectation and that's learning. Is it not true? You sit in room with a chabrusa for an hour on Chalamayid, your whole Chalamayid is shining. You run to this place and that place and it's a disaster. It's not just me, I think it's everybody. The summer. How many times, you know, we're looking for a summer, rah, 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 summer's here. Okay, first day, you know, it's Kishmak, you get to go to a little bit of a later minion and you, you have a nice breakfast and, and then it's over. Then you're just dying to go back to Yeshiva every day of the first day of this manier. I say, every single guy, I go over Shalom Aleichem, I summer, it was good, but like, I, I needed to come back to Yeshiva, I needed to be here. I couldn't wait, it's, it's so good to be back. It's good to be back in a structured place from, you know, that every single moment of the day you have to either learn or study or eat or, you know, you know yeah. That's Geschmack. The Geschmack thing of life is the thing that we're always complaining about, that's the most Geschmack thing. Structure, Taira, Tefillah, Yerushalayim, Dedekus Bashem. That is, that's what life is all about. Gayim are running to and fro and they're looking for satisfaction and they're not finding it. You're probably thinking, okay, you didn't have a Geshmaka time in California because you're a, you were a Yeshiva buffer. But, you know, go look at the, at the clubs, go look at the Gayim, go look, and they're having a good time? Maybe. But I, I do know that there's a famous rock star 
that sang, and he was the Spitz of Ayelam Haza. He got everything that he could ever want. And he says, something to the degree, I might be misquoting him, but we don't get no satisfaction. There's no satisfaction, Ayelam Haza. He was Maidala Emes. He said, as much as you think that I have satisfaction, I don't have satisfaction. That's why they're all on drugs and they're all committing suicide and they're all they're drinking and they're, they're, they're miserable people. But they have all of Ayelam Haza. They don't have anything. A yeshiva bacher that sits with his chavrusa over a over a sukkah, over a mishnabura, over a kitzah shachan over a, a ritva, a rashba, whatever. It doesn't matter. A chumash, rashi, madras, sedra. That's ayon and ayon combined. But the trick is that the more that we act in this way in ayon the more we really are b'nei ayon because it's possible to be a ben Olam Haba, to feel an Olam Haba existence in this world. There's a Mesecha, there's a Mishnah in Mesecha's Abbas. Yafesh ha'achas b'tshuva ma'isim taivim ba'olam ha'zeh mikol chayayom ha'ba. One moment of tshuva ma'isim taivim in this world is greater than all of Ayelam Abba. And do you know what Ayelam Abba is? What does it mean? Kol Ayelam Abba. It means all of the cumulative pleasures of Ayelam Hazeh. That's what Ayelam Abba is. If you look in the Mechtam Eliyahu at the beginning, it's a fa- very famous piece from a Dessler, also required reading, very basic required reading about what it means, what Ayelam Abba, the pleasure of Ayelam Abba is. He says that one moment of one, he says like this, if you take all of the pleasures cumulatively of Ayelam Hazet, imagine the pleasures right now of everybody in Manhattan. There must be a ton of pleasure going on in Manhattan right now. So imagine all that pleasure, and I give it all to you in a capsule. You know, you take the capsule, and you feel all that pleasure, your mind would explode. And let's say, not just Manhattan, but also Paris and London and, and Hawaii and, and Moscow and wherever, all the geschmacka places in the world, all of that pleasure in one pill, your mind would mind, it would be like crazy. And let's say you would do the entire world from the beginning of time to the end of time, every single human being's pleasure ever experienced, every achila, every shti, every, every taiva, everything. And you all have, you have that in one capsule that wouldn't be the pleasure that you receive for the, the, the most weakest of mitzvahs that you did in this world, you would get more you would get more pleasure from the weakest of mitzvahs than all the cumulative pleasures of Elam Hazek combined. But we're running after this pleasure, that pleasure, are you crazy? For one mitzvah, you do a shvata mitzvah, you have a half a davening and you're, and you're set. You have more pleasure than the entire world. But yet we're, we're still like thinking about other things. One, you, we're, we're distracted by simple, single pleasures and we're, 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 we're missing the whole boat. But the Mishnah says that nevertheless, if you could have one good moment of tshuva ma'isim taivim in this world, it's greater than the entire chayelam habar. It's greater than all of that. Because it's possible on this world to experience a very intense feeling of Ayelam Haba that is greater than Ayelam Haba itself because you're in this world. And when you have that, when you're able to really be a person on this level, and this is what like, my dream would be for myself and for all of us, is that someday we'll be able to experience the regular day-to-day Torah mitzvahs that we do and feel that Ashra Sashtina, feel that I because there are people that are able to, believe it or not. They're able to mamish feel such intense pleasure in this world that it's not even, Ayelam Haba pales in comparison to even something that we do in this world. That was Avraham Avinu, Rabbi said. When we speak about Abraham Avinu, you know, we, hey, he's the obvious, he was one of the, uh, you know, he's Makari of the world, very big Balchesed. We don't realize 
that he was really a person that pulled down Elam Haba to this world. He showed human beings, and that's maybe why he was able to draw so many in. He showed the intensity of the experience, the pleasure of being somebody that's an Ayyad Hashem. And how nothing compares, how all the people in life who were trying to run after this type and that type of this Abhidhara, they realized they saw in Abraham Avinu that he was he had something that they didn't have. They're the greatest people that are able to makari are not the people that are these super intellectuals. They're very often not effective at all. The people that are really successful in being makari of others leadership are people that they themselves enjoy what they are they enjoy being a yid. If you enjoy being a yid, then it's it's just an irresistible draw to be like you. But if you have like this, this, you know, this intellectual face on you and you're just like, you know, you look miserable, who wants to be that? Avram Avinu walked through life as a Ben Elam Habar. He felt and people saw on him that he got it. He has that ability to experience pleasure in serving the Rabbani Shalom. He felt the Elam Habar in this world. And when he did his mitzvahs, they understood that he wasn't just engaging in a mere mechanical activity, but he was doing it properly. He was doing it like a Ben Elam Haba does it. Now, there's, two, there's two ways of people doing uh, Heishanis on, uh, during the days of Sukkot. Some people, they take their little of an esrig, and they, uh, you know, they just want to like move. Let's go, let's go. You know, I gotta catch a train. I gotta do something. Just like, you know, so they do like the shanis. It's like a, you know, it's like a hinera kevet. Like they're running around the shul so quick because they just want to just be yikes and just get rid of it. If you ever want to see what shanis look like or how they should look, you go to real places. Like you go to Chaim Berlin on 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 Chalamayi Pesach, Sukkot. And you, uh, you just watch. You don't have to daven there, but just go because you probably, you won't be able to probably daven. It's a two, it's like a three hour davening. It's a long davening. How does it take so long to daven? Because it's an avayda. It's something that, it's, they're, they're doing something. They're busy. They, they, they're enjoying the experience. They wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. I think for some people that would be ganim. If I told you, okay, Chalmayed morning, go to Chaim Berlin, it starts at uh, you know, 7.30, you'll be out of there by 11.30. What? You're crazy. Three-hour davening? 10.30, whatever. Three-hour davening? Three hours? What are you doing? Well, you see what they do. They go, they take their lulav and esther carefully in hand, and then they run to the sukkah, and they make like a long brach on, and they come back, and hollow is with... Zmiris, Shvacha, it's like Mamish singing and together, packed. Well, it's not like a Shvacha minion, it's like, you know, okay, they got 12 people to do this. Hundreds of people come just to do this. They're Aishanis, they're like Mamish slow, they're walking, and every Aishana is significant. Aishana Shalai Shai, Aishana Evan, Evan, every single Aishana is, is, is an Aveda. Every word, it means something. It's something. It's meaningful. You could do it both ways. You're davening Shman Esrei. You could daven Shman Esrei, like many of us daven Shman Esrei, just daven it up. Or you could daven Shman Esrei with Kabbana. You could learn, like, you know, with half a heart, with half a mind. Or you could sit and learn. And the difference between them is quite significant because one is a regular person that's trying to get a chelik elam haba, and one is a ben elam haba. One of them is is in this world experiencing elam haba. In this week's parsha, you have a very fascinating story about how Abraham Avinu was visited by Eid Melach Habashan, Eid, a giant. Talk about giants. Eid was a real giant. And he came to Avraham Avinu, told him that his nephew Light was taken captive, 
And Avram Avinu, of course, ran after him, and the four kings, the five kings, he saved light. We know the story. Now, Ig's name was not really Ig. It was something else. Why was he called Ig? So there's a medrash that said, because when he came to Avram Avinu, to tip him off about light's captivity, it was Pesach. It's always Pesach. Everyone want to know, hey, when did this happen? Always Pesach. Always. And at the end of the Seder, at the end of the Haggadah, it's, uh, it says about all the things that happened on Pesach. And Pesach, it's all Pesach. Everything happened on Pesach. Everything. Haman and all the good, all the Gishmak episodes of Jewish history is all Pesach. Very easy to remember. So, it was Pesach. Avram Avinu was baking matzahs. Avram Avinu was baking matzahs. And Ike was so... Ike was named Ike because he saw Avram Avinu baking matzahs. Ike means uh, a cake, a cookie, a matzah. Bugais matzah. So, the question could be asked, okay, you know, and if you would have seen him, uh, you know, uh, I don't know, Doing baking cookies, he'd be called cookie the rest of his life. Why? Why is? Why, why do we call him Eid? Because he saw Avram baking matzahs. Why is that so significant? The answer is, if we would bake matzahs, the taco would not be significant. But when Avram Avinu, the Ben Olam Haba, the person that Vayetu Vayishtu Kineget Shivim Vayarba Zakenim Vayachsu Asalikim, when he baked matzahs, he looked like his face was a glow. With the Hanar, with the Idun Hamiti of being close to Rabbi while he was baking matzahs. It was an Avaidat him, it was real. There was passion. He wasn't just doing it because he wanted a Chayrat Olam Haba. Like most of us, I want to do, why are you doing it? Because I want to get into it. Someday I want to get a. Okay, so you might have your Chayrat Olam Haba. Very nice, a But you're not being a Ben Olam Haba. A Ben Olam Haba means. I don't really care so much about Elam Haba when I get to Elam Haba. I want this world to be a, an Elam Haba Dicker world. I want to feel like Elam Haba in this world. I don't want to just live another a life like everybody else. I want to feel that I'm doing something significant. That my davening is a davening and that my Torah my, my, my is Torah, my chesed is chesed, really. Not just by rote, like we do constantly, but I want to feel like it's something, it's meaningful. Avram Avino, it was so meaningful that Ike was so shaken and so changed by just seeing Avram Avino bake his matzahs that the rest of his life he was called Ike because of that one experience. You see Avram Avino baking matzahs, you are special. You have like this, this aura around you yourself. You caught something from Avram Avino. Everybody asks the question, why later on, you know, if you fast forward to Sefer Bamidbar Devarim, when they're fighting Ike, Maish Rabbeinu was scared to fight Ike. He was like the one enemy that he was scared of. And Rashi says he was afraid because of the schus that he saw Avram Avinu. He was by Avram Avinu. He didn't know if he would be able to, to beat such a person. And everybody asks, so why, why did he go to Avram Avinu Ike? He was a tzaddik. Rashi says in this week's parsha he wanted to marry Sarah. So he wanted Abraham Avinu to be bumped off by fighting these, this impossible battle. And so he was completely Shleilashem Shemayim. So forget, well, who cares? It's not a... But based on what we're saying, and this is not my vote, I told this, I give a dry run of the Shmuz on Wednesday night to alumni, and one of the alumni came over to me afterwards and said to me, this, this Mekudah, and I think he's a thousand percent right, Everybody asks this question, like, what was Maisha been worried about? Ike didn't do it lishma. And the answer is, it's true, he didn't do it lishma. But when he was there, he was shaken, he was moved, he was touched. He was forever changed because he might have had a bad kavan and gone, but when he went, something was different about Ike. Ike became Ike. He was mushfa, he saw Ram Avinu, he saw Yom Haba. In the most intensive form, Maisha Benu also was a Ben Olam Haba, but he was one of 74 people. Avram Avinu was all 74. Avram Avinu's intensity of Kedusha in baking those matzahs was very, very significant. Ike was changed by it, and this 
And Meshra Rabbeinu was afraid to even do battle with the person that saw Avraham Avinu B'Taikvayim. I saw in my life a few such people that were B'nai Elam Haba. I didn't, I don't claim to have been close to them, but I did see them and I saw what it's like to be a B'nai Elam Haba. The one person that I saw was Rabshlem Azam and Ayurba. And I was in his shear in Kol and if you would ask me, you know, what you learn that Zman, I could tell you some pieces, but not many. Because every day he would come into Shear, he would take off his glasses, I don't know why, but he always took off his glasses when he was giving Shear. And he looked, and I'm telling you this, and I'm not exaggerating, I'm under-exaggerating. He looked like a Malach Hashem Tzavakis. If you could imagine in your mind what a Malach Hashem Tzavakis looks like, that would be the image. His face was literally shining from, from one end of the room to the other. As Meir Kalabayas Kulayayro. He was a Ben Ayam Haba. He was living in this world. You know, the Chazanish has a letter and he says that you think that a Talmud Chacham is, you know, he looks like us, he dresses like us, he walks amongst, amongst us, he goes shopping like us. So, you know, okay, so he knows a little more terror than I do, and that's about it. He says, no. The Chazanish says that a Tamar Chacham, a real Tamar Chacham, is somebody who is a Malach Hamahalech ben B'nai Musa. He's a Malach that walks among mortals, but he's not, he's not one of us. He's not a mere mortal. Yeah, it's true, he might do stuff that we do, but he's somebody that's a Malach. What makes him a malach? What makes him a malach is that he's a ben Ayla haba. He lives for mitzvahs. He lives for Tyra. You know, there are people that they do things. They do Tyra. They do. We all do. We 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 we, we buy matzahs for for Pesach. Okay, we buy matzahs. What does that involve for us to buy matzahs? Either our parents buy it for us and we eat it. Or if we're, you know, if it's up to us to buy the matzahs, we go to a local, you know, supermarket, you go to Seasons, you go to Brat, wherever it is, and you go and you, and, uh, you know, you pick up a couple of matzahs, box of matzahs. If you're really good, you'll go to a matzah bakery as part of a chabura. That's very, very chashav. But I know people that before Yomtev, they go and they, they bake matzahs, but they don't just get one type of matzah. They get this type of matzah, they get that type of matzah, from this matzah, they get that matzah, from Yushalayim, from, from, uh, from, from Sver, from, from Satmer, from this, from that. And then on, on Pesach, they eat all of those different types of matzahs because they want to, they want to like have everything. There are people that buy a lulav and esrog on the street in West, and there are people that spend like days and weeks finding that perfect lulav, finding that perfect esrog, and not just one type of esrog, they have like 10 different esrog, and they'll get a Yanab esrog, and they'll get a Temani esrog, and they'll get a Eretz Yisrael, they get a Chazanish esrog, they get everything. Why are they doing this? Why aren't they just like us? Why don't they just get the mitzvah and be done with it? The answer is because we have a Cherok in Ayon Haba, but they're Bnei Ayon Haba. They live for this. They don't just do it. They're living for it. This is their life. Everything else they do is so that they're able, their whole year, they're working hard. You know why? So they can afford to buy several esrogen or one good estrogen. And they want to do that. Their Meister Nefesh do that, but it's not Mr. Nefesh like, Al Mr. Nefesh, like there's a gun to my head, but I got to do it. It's the most beautiful Mr. Nefesh. They want to, they, this, this is what they live for. I have friends, like, you know, when they daven. Their davening was real. Like they, like we would run in and this and that, you know. There are people that daven, like I have a friend that was, like his, his davening was his life. And he would have like every day in his pocket rolled up a tie. And he would be mocked with every tefillah, he would put that tie on. He would make a tie, make a knot, and he would wash his hands, he would get into it, and he would daven a very long shmena esrei. 
And this same guy, when he was on, on Sukkot, he would make it his business. He would sit in the Sukkah Mamish a whole week. It wasn't like, okay, I'm, I'm, uh, Sukkah is a matter for me to eat. I'll eat and then I'll go to Great Adventure. That was his great adventure. He wanted to be in the Sukkah Yan Valayla. He had a cordless, back then they didn't have cell phones, they had cordless phones, he had a cordless phone set up in his sukkah, his bed in his sukkah, his this and his everything, he didn't want to leave. It's a different world, this is Avraham Avinu's world. This is Ha'adam Ha'gadol Ba'anokim, how does HaKadosh Baruch Hu measure us? He measures us by how much of a Geshmak do you have in doing mitzvahs. Do you feel Elam Haba when you do a mitzvah? And if you do, the secret is that it's not just that you're getting greater Elam Haba up there. Your Elam Haza is now great. Rav Aaron Cutler used to say that if you give a lot of money to yeshivas, to Bati Medrashim, to Kailim, and you support Hamidah Chachamim, when you go up to Shemayim, you're going to be conversant in learning. I mean, you can learn nothing your whole life, and if you give a lot of money to yeshivas, you go up there, you'll be able to mamash, give a shir, kali, talk and learn, and kibegas, rashbas, ritvas, and you'll know it all, because you supported that. One time, Rav Aaron Cutler pulled over one of his big balabatim that gave a lot of money to Lakewood and stuff, and he said, Rebid, I love you. I want to tell you something. You got to learn more. You're not learning enough. Don't you make a stay there and this at night? At night, learn. learn. You're not learning enough. You're busy with your business. I think you should learn. Learn more. He says, "Why?" The Rashiva always tells me that the more I give to Yeshiva, the more I'm going to be a tamachacham up there. I'm going to get a look to Gaelam Abba. So why are you telling me to learn? Why are you putting me through that? So leave me alone. I'm giving. I'm cutting your big checks. So Aaron says to him, I know, you have Ayolam Abba. That's, that's Zichr, you, you definitely have Ayolam Abba. I'm not worried about your Ayolam Abba. I'm worried about your Ayolam Haza. Like, what are you doing to enjoy your Ayolam Haza? How are you enjoying your Ayolam Haza? Your car? You have a fancy car? You have a nice house? You have, a, you have good food? That's Ayolam Haza? He says, that's, to Aaron Cutler, that's, that's nothing. That's Hevel. Ayolam Haza is really... Learning and davening like a mensch, feeling nashras hashchina. That's that's Avraham Avinu's Eilam Hazer to be a ben Eilam Abba. The other person that I saw was Rav Shach. Rav Shach was Kiyadua. His whole life was Taira and mitzvahs. You know, they say stories about how uh, if I start telling stories about Rav Shach, I would never end. And. But I used to go several times to on Tuesdays to Panovich when I was learning Eretz Israel because I wanted to see Rav Shach give Shir Kloli. And I've described the scene on multiple occasions here. But before the Shir Kloli that he gave, he sat in the base medrash in the back preparing. And so being the Snoopy person that I am, I wanted to see Rav Shach up close preparing Shir, so I basically sat down next to him on the bench. He didn't know. He was oblivious. Mamish in his own world with his Shtender and his Gemara. His Gemara famously looked like an accordion because when he learned it was Mamish, he was like, you know, every page was turned over and ripped and, and like, he was complete, like, his, his, it was a battlefield, his Gemara. And I saw the most amazing thing and I, I, I wrote this as a letter home to my parents and I still have a letter somewhere that the most amazing thing about sitting next to Rav Shach and seeing him learn was that as he was learning and, it's, and, and it shouldn't be misunderstood maybe if I say you know, you might think that I'm some, somehow denigrating Rav Shach but it's not Rav Shach was sitting over his Gemara he's a man in his 90s and literally there was drool that was coming out of his mouth over the Gemara. He wasn't drooling because, he, because there was a medical problem. He was drooling because he had such a geschmack over his Gemara that the only physical reaction that he could have was to drool over it. You know, if, if, I, if I put a, 
you know, a, a, a plate of, of sofkaniyot in front of you and you're really hungry, you, would, you might start to salivate. If I give you a delicious steak, you'll, you'll, you, know, you might start to feel like some reaction. Terv Shach, you know, you could give all the sofkaniyot in the world and all the steaks in the world, they'll be fat. I don't want that. You give him a Gemara, and he drools over it. He salivates over it. That's what's geschmack to him. He wasn't learning because he had to learn. He was learning because there was nothing in the world that he could ever do to, to touch the Hanah that he had when he was learning. Could you imagine if we would feel a little bit of that? Just a little. If we don't, we have ourselves to blame. And I'm including myself in whatever I'm telling you. This is not, I'm not preaching and telling you someday, kids, you're going to... Not, I'm not that way. I'm never that way. And especially not on this topic. The reason why we don't feel that when we're learning, when we're davening, and if you do, you'll forgive me for including you in this, is because we have so many mechitzas in our neshama, in our eyes, in our soul, we're so tainted by all the Ilam Hazah, by the food taka, and by the, by the gashmias, and by all of the pursuits, and by the sports, and by the current events, and by the politics, and by the, the hak, and the lashon hara, and the rechilas, and the, and, and, and the shmutz, and all of that, it sort of makes us so desensitized to Ilam Haba. We're so brainwashed that this world is the main world and the World Series and the Super Bowl and that. We're talking about it like it's real. It's all a bluff. It's a bluff. It's, it's just fake. Everybody knows that it's fake. But we go through the charade of making believe as if it's real and somehow that's going to give us satisfaction and it never does. You'll live your whole life. You'll be a billionaire. You'll have every hana, every taiva that you want. And you're not going to be satisfied. And it's nice to know this early on in life. You're still so young. And you have the ability to understand this Yisait of the Ramchal. It's a life-altering Yisait. That if you want real happiness in life, you want real satisfaction, then do the opposite of what everyone else is telling you to do. And then you'll be happy. The more you learn, the more you dedicate your life to Kedusha, to Devekas Bashem, that's what generates happiness. That's Ilam Haba in this world. And you're going to run to and fro and try. That doesn't mean to say you shouldn't get a Parnassah. You need a Parnassah. But don't make the Parnassah your whole end all and be all that this is all that the world is and I have to make that promotion and get more money and then get a bigger house and get a bigger car and get a bit. You're going to be running yourself. so raw that you're not going to be able to, to breathe because you're going to be so full of kinnon, sinna, tachras. There's a much simpler way of getting on non that's just simply doing what halacha tells us to do, but not just what halacha tells us to do. Embrace it before a yantif. Look forward to it. Hanukkah, do something special in advance of Hanukkah. Everyone loves Hanukkah, but for the wrong reasons. Don't love Hanukkah because that, you might get a nice gift or because you get donuts and you, you, know, you, get to, you don't have to learn so much. You get to go to your Rebbe's house or something. Love Hanukkah because there's a mitzvah the Rabbanan that's chaviva yad ma'ev, like the Rambam says. It's a mitzvah that I, could, I, I love doing. Hasidish Rebbe's, they spend like hours like preparing the menorah and making the, the, the wicks by themselves with cotton and, and pouring the... That's what they love doing. Every yanta, every day, to do mitzvahs properly is an effort, but eventually it becomes gishmat. And that's ayam haba, and that's ayam hazeh, that's everything. And we're given it all on a silver platter. It's just a matter of understanding the importance of it, embracing it, making this our lifestyle, making this something that we want to take. It. Like it's just a switch in our brain that I have to do this. That's a child. The child says, I have to do that. I have to clean my room and I have to dab in. I have to, you know, like, and I, as a father, you know, I come home, 
My kids are, did you daven? Did you daven? Did you bench? Did you make a bracha? You know, that's a child. The child needs to constantly be told and scolded. There should be a metamorphosis at one point in our life. I don't, I don't have to do this. I want to do it. I want to be mahadir in it. I want to, like, really get into it. I want to daven Aishana Rabba like a, or Aishana, it's like a real mensch, like a real, like a real, I want to try it once. Let me try it once. Let me go to Smuchas Beis Shueva with like a, with Tyra, with Kedusha, with, let me, let me try it. If we could experience just once in a while that taste of Eilam Haba, then our whole Eilam Haza is Kedai. Kedaya that our mothers had us just for us to come into this world and once experience a taste of Eilam Haba. Shabbos is coming. And there's no greater example of this than Shabbos. Rapam has in his safer a fascinating vart. There's a Gemara, there's a Gemara in Ksuvist of Kuf Gimel and Aleph that in the Tzavah Rabbeinu HaKadosh when he died, he says, after I die, make sure that there's a light that's burning in my place on Shabbos. And that the Shulchan set a table, when you're setting the Shabbos table, keep a, a setting for me. And make sure that my bed is properly made. And the Gemara says, my time, what was, what was Rabbeinu HaKadosh asking this for? And the Gemara says, because every Arab Shabbos, he came back to his house from Eilam The Gilean Ashas there says that he would wear, he would be seen wearing his Shabbos Begadim, and he patted the Rabbin B'Kiddush Hayyim. He would make Kiddush, and everybody would be say his Kiddush. Not like other Mason that once they die, they're free of mitzvahs because Sadiqim, this is all from a Gilean, it's not Hasidish Shatayra, this is, this is a Gilean Ashash springing from Sefer Hasidim, that Sadiqim, when they're, even after they're dead, they still are alive and they kapatu Kiddush. It's a very big Kiddush halacha. One week, a neighbor came and knocked on the door of Rebbe's house. And the Amma based Rabbi said, Shh, be quiet because Rabbi's sitting here. And once, it, once the cat was out of the bed, that Rabbi came down every hour of Shabbos uh, to his house and he stopped coming because he didn't want to be Maitzi Laz on other people that were not Zaycha to, to this. And he never came back again. But Rapam says that you see something amazing over here. Rabbeinu HaKadosh was in Eilam Abba. He was in Eilam Abba. He was in the place that I was telling you that in all the cumulative pleasures of this world. And yet he consciously said, I want to come back down to Eilam Hazeh for Shabbos every week. Make sure there's a table set for me. Make sure my bed is made. Make sure there's a Nerdolik for me. Is he, what? How did he, he traded off Eilam Haba for Eilam Hazeh? And Tom says, yes. Because if you do Shabbos properly in Eilam Hazeh, it's greater than Eilam Haba. It's greater, this Me'en Eilam Haba is greater than Eilam Haba itself. It happens sometimes. Last night I was by a Shabbat breakfast and I, I went to a restaurant and the, uh, you know, they came, what I thought was, well, you never come on time for a because by the time everything got, you know, it's a, at least a half an hour. So I came half an hour, I mean, yeah, I came, it started at 7, I came 7.30, and it was still very early, started at 8. So, but they did have one thing, they had the hors d'oeuvres come around, like the, the waiters were bringing around to the people that were standing there, schmoozing or whatever, they had, and it was unbelievable, the food was that, the hors d'oeuvres were, were amazing. And then it got up to, and then we sat down, and the speeches, and whatever, and, and the main came, and it was like, and it was like, kimat inedible, it was just not kishmat. You know, it, it didn't have any time, but the, the appetizer was amazing. That's a little bit how Shabbos, Shabbos is main and Mabah, Shabbos is a foretaste by Mabah. But the Shabbos itself, if we do it right, is much greater, much tastier, much more kishmat than El Mabah. Barayla Dabar Abbein HaKadosh came down, he wanted to, you don't want Shabbos up there. He wanted Shabbos down here. Because if you're able to be holding by Madrega of Ramobino, 
that you're a ben oilam abarim. When you do a mitzvah, you're mamish seveya. Vayechzu es alikim vayechlo vayishtuk neged ayin dalad zekanim. Then there's nothing more gishmak in this world to do than keep Shabbos properly. Shabbos could be a day that we spend reading papers and uh, you know catching up on our on our sleep, sleeping a bagel or whatever. And that's important also to, to sleep and to get tiny family. Very, very important. But Shabbos is a day of intense holiness. The Zmiras, what you could have by sing Zmiras with Kabana, with a Gishmat, saying Divaitaira, learning, davening. Shabbos is, a, is an untouchable day. And this is, I think, a very, very important Yisrael that we should take from everyone. When you think about Avraham Avin, don't think of him as just another biblical personality that, you know, was one of the founders of the Jewish nation. Avraham Avinu was a giant in that he was mechadish to the world, not just that there was a rabbinish land, but that we could pull Shamayim down to Aretz. Eila told us HaShamayim Aretz be Baram. I just thought of this. Eila told us HaShamayim Aretz be Baram and Chazal say be Baram is Avram. Same ice as Avram. The mile of Avram Avinu is Eila told us HaShamayim Aretz. Avram pulled Shemayim down to this world. He showed that you could be a Ben Elam Haba in this world. You could be a Malach that's Herlech Bein B'nei Samusa, as the Chazanish says. We could all do a very, very similar trick as Avram Avinu. We could actually enjoy Yiddish. We could do it. We could be a Yid Balkarcheno. We could actually get a Geshmak in it. Feel the Elam Haba. And in Mitzvah Hashem, we should be Zeichen, not just have a Chelek in Eilam Habar, but always to be B'nai Eilam Habar, a wonderful Shabbos.